It's time for Yusuf on security. Welcome back. When cyber criminals attack an organization, they usually follow a beaten path. So there is a method to their madness, after all. Understanding this will allow you to follow their trail, overtake and deny them reaching their objectives before they cause damage until you kick them out. That is the episode of this week, episode 2 of our two-part series. If you haven't listened to episode 1, I suggest you do that first. In addition, we will recap a trending security news. Rise of network analysis. All that coming up next on Yusuf on Security. This is Yusuf on Security, episode 84, recorded Saturday, 10th of September, 2022. Post-exploitation used by cyber criminals, part two. So the rise of network um, or traffic analytics um, is really gaining pace um, because of the escalating issue to do with the threat landscape um, ever expanding. And these type of products really are a challenge to the de facto product that we all grew up with. For example, um, solutions such as um, firewall segmentations, um, proxies, EDRs, um, sandboxing, email, and so on and so forth are absolutely critical and important. But you, you, you kind of feel um, that there is needs for something a bit more than that, something that really transcends um, the entire organization, um, regardless of the tools that are already in place, um, something that can help um, and augment, um, somewhat ameliorate the existing um, traditional approach to security and in particular to, to network security. And so I've been looking at the solutions that are out there and there are tons of them um, obviously not all of them made equal and the traditional network has changed in the last i would say 15 10 years um, from what it used to be being on-premise um, all owned by yourself where you have all the telemetry um, at your disposal and you can poke around any part of your network. But nowadays, uh, the cloud is in full swing and you might not have all the details, all the bits and pieces that you might actually clean extra information um, to help uh, mitigate risk. Um, so these tool sets not only are uh, available, of course, for um, helping uh, helping with existing traditional setup of your network, but also they are um part of the fabric um, and in cadence with the cloud um, migration um, of today's modern age. So these tools essentially give um, visibility across the entire network. Um, they are able to detect, respond um, to advanced threats um, in real time because they really are looking at the traffics um, and passing that, those traffics um, 
to the modern engines of machine learning and as well as the entity modeling. And at the back of it, of course, they heavily rely on modeling with uh, baselining initially and then seeing what might deviate um, from, the, from the baseline. Um, they are not a replacement to the entire um, traditional network, certainly, um, but they are a augmentation um, to help um, cope with the issue at hand um, without relying on a specific product. But also another thing that they really are get to help is the solution approach, as I always put it, to security rather than product approach to security, whereas now um, this approach is looking at the um, traffic um, from an analysis point of view, regardless of what product. Um, is actually um, has generated or that traffic went through. And things um, that they help with are the following, for example, they will help with all the vocabularies that you might be familiar with, malware analysis and detection um, in encrypted traffic has always been somewhat a torn on the side of um, the SOC team because, um, because it, cannot really be revealed what is inside that traffic without breaking open um, the packets and then reassembling them um, and re-encrypting and sending them off on their way. So these tools rely on um, flow of network um, traffic and they are different than what you normally would approach um, um, to analyze a traffic. Typically, you know, you, you set up a... Um, a span port or maybe a tab or a mirrored port, which traditionally, you know, sniffs the entire packet, um, the whole traffic, and basically takes a copy of it. Um, and the issue with that, of course, is either you are um, not um, um, sending the traffic on its way quick enough or you let some of the traffic um, go without being analysed. Whereas here, um, the new modern analytic tools actually look at the header, the metadata, um, and glean as much information um, as possible of that, of that uh, part of the traffic. So it's not the entirety of the, of the packet um, that is actually being captured, um, but actually a metadata. Um, the NetFlow, if you're familiar with that, or SFlow, um, is what actually being um, ingested by these tool sets. So they are able to look at traffic um, and look at the encrypted traffic in particular and baseline what a typical non-encrypted traffic look like um, and compare that with what they see um, now um, as being a traffic that is encrypted. And normally um, traffic that is encrypted um, fall into different categories. Um, then they further distinguish traffics that actually might be malicious um, and baseline within what is malicious and encrypted uh, versus what is not um, malicious but still encrypted and would be able to then um, distinguish with quite a uh, good accuracy. Uh, there is nothing called course 100% security or 100% hit number but to a great degree without opening and therefore giving you the um, the speed back of delivering that traffic rather than um, holding it sitting on it opening it um, decrypting and then re-encrypting it again and potentially maybe failing um, compliance as well because you are now seeing traffic that might be uh, failing um, privacy 
Now, malware analysis and detection in encrypted traffic then is 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 a is is a way to to actually um, help with that. So it uses um, encrypted traffic analysis. So that's one really good thing that those tools are able to help. They obviously used a lot on um, picking on what might be tantamount to um, data exfiltration. But the step before that, not the exact timing, um, that they do as well, but actually data hoarding, because most of the um, data exfil don't just happen haphazardly. Um, the bad guys do their best <laughs> to make sure that they actually are um, collecting the data first um, and, and, and picking um, everything. Um, and, um, and, and, and making their exit a lot more um, graceful and quick uh, and fast without detection. So they do a lot of that. Um, what, I, what I will do is I will go deep, um, in depth into the, these, these tool sets that is out there so you, you are able to maybe compare and contrast and, and definitely think about it so they can do... I, I will just quickly mention a few things which I will set up a further episode to go into the deeper end of, of these tool sets. So lateral movement, um, network audit trail is another thing that they can actually do. Um, they will be able to do machine learning and reconnaissance detection. Um, and of course, within the detection part of it, the data exfiltration is another one, command and control, and on, 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 on. So the, the typical um, capability that you normally would expect traditional tools to pick up are um, picked up by these tool sets um, and it's a great great way to actually have what we traditionally used to call you know sort of a toolless detection or maybe agentless detection capability like when it comes to to, to the endpoint side of the business um, and it's a good really um, amount of um, um, features that are uh, matured and available um, without bringing um, the entirety of the traffic to a single point like an appliance, um, these actually bring part of the traffic that is cleaned through the details of the metadata of the traffic passing through um, for analysis and obviously helping all tools to respond or pick up or maybe you know retention of, of, of a, of a post-analysis um, at the latest stage. So great tools to actually keep an eye on um, as, as they mature um, today. So we'll continue to the second episode of this two-part series. If you haven't listened to the first part, um, I suggest you do that before you listen to this. And we went through quite a ton of details, such as a lot of information for them to build on um, to carry out the next stage of their, of their activity. Don't make the mistake that they will just use Windows commands. Of course, they will bring um, other tools, um, into the environment for them to carry out further um, detailed analysis on the machine, but also on the user, um, but also without tripping any alarm um, on the environment um, as a whole. So they can have a look at the um, how to obtain and dump some of the um, credentials of the logged in user um, or users on that machine um, because Windows um, essentially use, relies on um, cache, and that's why you can log into a Windows machine when you are 
offline and not connecting directly to your domain um, and see if they can get hold of those um, fingerprint um, SHA um, to um, the hashes to then go offline and, and go ahead and actually crack those. Um, and this gives them the credentials they may need, especially if your credentials are not um, strong. And that's why we advise credentials to be you know, super hard, um, but also as far as critical machines and environments are concerned, passwords should not be the only thing that would allow you into a machine. There's got to be something else, um, um, 2FA or keys, um, to allow yourself to uh, carry out um, admin tasks so that typical users, um, of course, are you know peppered with um, 2FA and multi-factor authentication, but the same goes for um, admin so that we can then really limit um, the damage that can be caused by a activity such as post-exploitation carrying out by a um, cyber criminal. Once they've actually gone through that, then they move on to the system. Um, they will then carry out a number of reconnaissance um, you know, on the system now that they have sufficient information on the user. Um, and hosts have... Um, data frequently um, on themselves too. And that allows them to identify the, you know, the general aspect and the posture of the system on the network. Um, it gives them a, a hint of really the hygiene of the organization. Um, if, if they do see um, well-maintained environment, um, regularly updated, then that will give them um, a hint that they will find this post-exploitation difficult um, but if it's something that is you know a typical machine not looked after uh, mis missing all sorts of patches that have actually been around for quite a long time um, they're going to wrap their hands and then know exactly that they're going to go deeper and further and do um, you know what they want um, so they will look at installed software packages um, which then gives them many um, ways to exploit um, but also always especially if they find themselves on a non-privileged machine, the first thing, of course, they will do is a path to escalation and lateral movement. Those are the two things on the forefront of their mind. Um, so posture element being used um, um, a lot, um, antivirus and EDR, um, internal firewall, of course, as well as the local firewall, uh, but also something like the the UAC on, on the machine, um, user access control I'm referring to, um, you know, puts a, a quite a big obstacle um, on their activity when it comes to the um, system recon. So don't under, underestimate um, those tools that are um, essentially available to you. The other thing is they look at is they want to see if the, um, the anti-malware scanning engine, which is the AMSI, um, I've talked about this on previous episode, that allows really um, the EDR technology um, today um, to piggyback on these tools that is by default fault um, on the system on, on, on Windows environment to provide a glimpse of what activity um, what sort of a script and things that are running including if they are encoded um, and they make sure that this um, um, tool the AMSI which is a Microsoft internal tool that is built in into the operating system go and read about it if you're not aware of anti-malware scanning engine um, is essentially allowing the um, antivirus EDR vendor um, to, um, to to see the deeper into the activity of running codes without wasting too much time um, of decoding and 
and and and actually wasting a lot of processing power and inevitably bringing the machine to um, some time to a hold um, uh, is a tool that is, is is helping us a lot. So they will make sure that this is not enabled. This will be a um, um, a hint, essentially, if you discover them actually been doing something about this. Um, f- um, for you to know something that's actually been nefarious, um, but also for them, um, it gives them a a hint whether they need further tools. Um, because if AMC is enabled, then they're going to be um, out of luck, um, or they have to be extremely careful um, at the very least. Next, they check um, to see what policy might be in place, um, because policies such as um, script block logging, um, we touched this on PowerShell on a previous episode, um, gives them a hint that their activity are going to be locked. Um, so therefore, um, the content of the of what they carry out, including what I actually refer to, the who am I command and the flag that comes with it, will also be locked, by the way, by the EDR. Um, and they will check this um, um, to make sure that this is something that they can avoid um, so they can also look at the PowerShell version and what is actually in there and especially PowerShell 5 um, is able to actually do this transcription logging um, which is a great insight on the activity and the sessions and things that are going on on a machine so um, they need to see this so that they can be um, you know, as much safe as they want to. Um, so make sure also, um, talking about PowerShell, make sure you don't actually have um, the issue with PowerShell too, because if you do have that um, installed, um, but you are using PowerShell 5 and not 2, they can still do what is called a downgrade attack um, using that PowerShell to bypass um, the tools such as the MC and things like that, and the script login as well. So get rid of that. Um, that's a that's a great way to um, to actually um, avoid um, this technique um, for you to yeah to stay one step ahead of the of their activity being obviously um, a cloud um, um, age that we're in they will make sure part of their situational awareness um, is to know whether they are in a cloud environment um, um, trust me sometimes they don't even know where they are but also they can easily discover that or whether they are on a on-premise um, location um, um, to see to see to see essentially what they're dealing with. Um, another thing that they keep an eye on is device guard, um, whether that is enabled. And device guard is a is a Windows feature that helps um, prevent malware um, by ensuring that only known code, uh, good code, I should say, can run on the system. Of course, more than EDR um, can do um, the same, even better, um, to be quite honest. Um, but this is a built-in, so. Um, it means that any code um, um, that the bad guy execute, um, which is obviously um, um, living off the land and is outside, um, will be flagged as well. And you can certainly um, have a look at that. But, you know, the advice goes, you should not really use any um, um, potentially unwanted application, things that can actually cause problem on all machines. Um, and of course, your admin and security team should really get rid of any tools that they have used um, to carry out the job as soon as they finish that job, um, because that's a double-edged sword that can easily uh, be used against you. One aspect that they keep an eye on, is, is the, which helps them a lot, is the, um, is the user account control, the UAC, uh, whether that is enabled. And, and this helps, of course, um, um, for them to identify whether or not 
um, a privilege the user requires any additional um, bypass to execute code. Um, so things like adding services or maybe or maybe even stopping a service sometimes you would see or maybe the modern um, Windows, Windows um, 7 and, and, and beyond of course, um, um, 10 nowadays and 11 uh, because 8, 7 etc. those are old now and not supported. Um, the USC is the window that normally pops out when you want to execute something just to make sure that you actually are aware of. So it, it does two things, is to prevent things to just run um, but also it elevates um, that permission um, higher um, than, than, than actually just being operated on. Um, because when you are using Windows on a day-to-day basis, um, you know your privilege is dropped low. Uh, but when you try to execute something, that's why the user access control was actually quite useful since its inception um, by Microsoft many, many years ago. So they make sure that they actually see that. Um, and if someone tries to run a non-Windows binary, typically Windows will prompt the user um, to allow the binary. And that's why you see the, the, the pop-up. Um, so having that enabled you can see it's an obstacle which is a good for us so it's a little thing um, but you know small things add up and create a huge barrier of entry um, to entry for for the bad guys to carry out further damage so they need then to find a way to escalate privilege um, to avoid being prompted right so because otherwise they will not be able to, to do what they wanted to do now that they have um, you know understood um, the posture um, of the machine etc they can then um, what they normally do is in you know given unfortunately uh, the previous step being successful um, then they go after the domain um, and, and carry out um, further activity pertaining to the domain so and we know all systems that are part of an enterprise environment um, will be part of the directory services of some sort right um, active directory being the Predominant because operating system of Windows is the is the largest um, um, base um, that the industry is using. An Active Directory service um, essentially, you know, it keeps track of users, it keeps tracks of computers as well as the organizational structure in which they are member of, but also the groups, um, the sites on a sort of a large environment, um, and all of those information are useful for them um, and and and. Really Really, you know, by listening what I'm saying, you can you can you can feel that you know if they have gone this much um, further, um, then they probably know what to look for, or maybe they are um, at least um, know that the organization they're in is is an organization that they definitely um, to get something out of, right? Um, and so, therefore, by looking at the domain. Um, and, and go after the object, um, and they will gather as much information as possible um, to see if they can actually interact with that. Um, and ID, the Active Directory, um, essentially gives them a lot of information if they have reached this far. Having the, equipped themselves um, with user information, um, they will then tie that in with the information um, related to the domain. Um, things like, um, you know, who they are, um, what environment or groups um, they are member of. Um, if, of course, if, you know, they, they've gathered this is a domain admin, then all bets are off the table and that's the end of the game and it's checkmate. Um, but otherwise, they will continue their journey um, and, you know, this will give them um, a lot 
lot of information about the environment um, to even see the structure um, and how the organization is put together so that they can then exactly navigate the landscape um, of the geography, if I call it that way, of the um, of what makes up of the whole organization so that it they equip themselves what to avoid, but also um, the path of least resistance, um, but also the shortest path to their objective. Because so far now, if you are still listening, we know where we are, we know what we um, what we um, found, and we know exactly what organization um, we're in. Essentially, as a as a um, um, from the from the eyes of the of of the bad guys, um, and therefore we know exactly what to look for. Otherwise, this amount of effort would not have been wasted. Another thing that the um, Active Directory membership and domain etc. gives them is is the um, um, some additional insight. Things like what kind of permission has this user been given? Um, because most of the time we organize the OU and the structure of the of the domain in such a way that it's meaningful, uh, which is not a bad thing, but also um, in the eyes of the bad guy, it gives them hint and information um, on their fingertip because then if you create groups with, uh, you know, names identified as security or uh, SOC team or um, admin, then you know exactly what permission those people have or those groups have, um, which is, 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 is actually something that they can then use to identify. You cannot confuse yourself, so therefore there isn't really much you can do about that than stopping things to escalate further up the chain um, but this is something to, to pay attention that um, you know the deeper they go the easier they find um, to operate um, their tools and their activities um, and, and hide the activity for most of the tools because then they 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 um, they assume uh, essentially a team member <laughs> of yours um, an admin and, and therefore the activities um, is almost synonymous of an activity of a legitimate um, user um, because they you know they, they they will they will appear to be a normal um, admin doing a job and and that's unfortunately um, the the big issue of discovering something or how hard it is to discover I say um, something further down the chain and it's easier to to stop and, and, and interdict um, their activity further up than than, than later. And let's say then, of course, they, they find themselves on an account, on a machine that doesn't have a lot of um, um, privilege that they want. Um, and they have all the um, reconnaissance and the information about the environment. They will then use that um, to help themselves um, identifying ways um, to elevate privilege, which gives them additional um, arms to manipulate the system or the active directory privileges, um, basically um, to obtain um, higher privilege um, to cause more damage and into um, privilege escalation, um, which is um, really then arming themselves um, to go whatever they wanted to do. Um, and the highest privilege escalation, of course, is domain level. Um, local privilege escalation will just give them and push them and take them that far. Um, but um, what they really want to do is a privilege escalation at the domain level. Um, and if that is the case, uh, they will do it. Um, if there is a loophole 
hole or lack of patch that they have done their homework now that they have a lot of um, background information and, and, and situational awareness then they can easily escalate themselves if there is a lack of patch because most of the um, um, advanced persistent threats um, don't bring tools because tools are li- liabilities right it will trip alarms but if you have privilege um, escalation that you can um, exploit at the patch level, that's the best thing um, to do. And, and they will work on things like hair browsing um, to take advantage of services and how hair browse tickets work in Active Directory. And there are myriads of techniques and tools um, and research already done that, um, which gives them the ability to take um, password um, hashes out to then to discover the NTLM hash and to decrypt it offline. Um, and this process, essentially, I'm referring to the, is the core process so you can have a look and read more about that how that is actually done and there are tons of labs available online if you want to play with it as well um, of how this is done and this is why we we are better off stopping things as early as possible and that's why we put as much barriers uh, further up the path um, than, than, than later on to be quite honest and if they have done that and they have assumed um, um, domain access um, privilege level wise, um, they don't want to lose that. They will hang on to that. And that is a um, something to um, to pay a lot of money for between the criminals. And that's why there are um, teams that are essentially um, specialized on initial access um, and therefore paving the way for newcomers or people who don't have the ability to carry out um, penetration but actually are experts on maybe manipulating things at the post-exploitation um, afterthought um, afterwards. Um, so therefore they create um, users, they implant um, other tools so which basically means they drop other codes into into the environment or maybe they can even use if you are using and they discover that you are not um, careful with um, admin tools that allows remote access you know you can name any remote legitimate remote access tools really by by now um, and that will allow the attackers to a you know come in um, they don't have to use malware as such they can use um, really name your tools um, that are out there um, some of them free some of them paid um, that you can that you can actually um, bring someone from outside into your organization and that's what they normally use they would not actually um, waste too much time losing connection of the amount of work they've done um, and therefore persistent is is the is the is the is the final step they they wanted to do before they go the after the of course after the objective and the objective can be what it can be anything now right so because they have full access to the environment they operate at your admin level whatever they do um, is essentially goes um, and therefore if they reach an objective was to implant something or be espionage or be destruction um, they could do it if it's ransomware and extortion of money yes they can do it of course if it's to do with using the environment as a stepping stone to other environment to get closer maybe to another organization that they are after but you are just basically have a relationship um, technical relationship with that organization and you are just a stepping stone that's the that's what they will do 
and you would not be essentially touched, but you will just provide access towards that. And we see this a lot nowadays where um, organizations um, are exploited uh, because it's a conduit to another larger um, choose your target that you might have a relationship with, um, and you know you can you can you can ima- you can you can really imagine what other things that you can you can you can do. And if it's a if it's just basically a stealing of intellectual property, then you know we call that of course data exfiltration. Again, different tools. You can have Dropbox. You can have um, um, all sorts of other tools that they can do, um, including creating a direct link download of your one drive um, for them to be able to then download it from outside. It's as simple as that. So post-exploitation for the attackers is a critical aspect for us to understand and to really um, see how this is executed. And it's for us to uh, get deeper into the mindset of how things um, evolve and develop and become a sort of a wrecking ball um, that can cause a lot of issues the the um, having said that um, being able to see the record the escalation and 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 and, and gaining domain persistent how that is carried out is a is a is a fantastic um, skill to to develop so that you can then really have a look at um, um, how systems are um, exploited um, once the organization has been penetrated so that you can build um, tool set, you can build the know-how and the skills um, to prevent that um, causing damage into your environment but also raising awareness uh, within within your technical team if you are responsible of a technical team. And with that, we came to the end of the show. I hope that was useful. I know it was a propeller um, episode, but it's an important aspect to look at if you are a defender. And um, thanks for joining me. And until then, take care.